It's Turkey Day, man. <laughs> it's turkey. Be a happy turkey. Don't think be a sad those, turkey. Think of all those dead turkeys. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's uh, for me it, it's interesting to have API calls available to supercomputers at this level to basically anyone with an email address. I'm I'm really fascinated to see what comes of this kind of availability of supercomputer software. You're listening to the PHP Ugly podcast, episode 38, recorded November 24th, 2016. Today we talk about Thanksgiving. Great GitHub resources. Demystifying Laravel off. Watson for Laravel. Community happenings. New language support in Laravel 5.4. Deployment with Deployer. Paying the price for open source. The PHP 7 request extension. And 27% of the internet hacked. Here we go. Happy Thanksgiving, Eric. Happy Thanksgiving, Thomas. <laughs> you big turkey. Are you full? Uh, we didn't have turkey today. We didn't. We didn't celebrate. It was actually a very hard Thanksgiving for me today. Thanks, Trump. <laughs> My daughters, who are eighteen now, uh, originally both decided to spend Thanksgiving with their significance. One of them changed her plan last second, but we had already decided to hold off our actual Thanksgiving, family Thanksgiving dinner until tomorrow. So I had many wiener dogs and watched football all day. And I got to admit, it, I was a little, uh, like, it was weird. Like, my kids had decided to spend Thanksgiving with another family and not, not us. It sounds it a, rough. It was a first for me. Yeah, it hit me a little harder than I expected, but I guess that's what happens when they grow up. Yeah, I'm I'm anxiously awaiting that to happen. <laughs> what about you? Did you get your fill? Yeah, got uh, some ham with the in-laws, and uh, got to break up fights between the children and the the usual typical family gathering. Uh, we did leave uh, grandma and grandpa's house minus one child, so. That was uh, a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I assume the child stayed behind. You didn't just lose it. Yeah, we almost lost one, but then one of them chose to stay behind, so put up a, a big fight. So we should clarify for our American listeners, today is Thanksgiving, which is, as we all know, the day that God came to America and told us to fight the Canadians with turkeys, Yep, I think. And but, corn. And corn. Or maze, as they called it, and watch football. Used to be. So you okay? You were watching football today, then. So you saw the just plethora of ads that are out there for Black Friday sales. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a. So that's the other big thing that follows Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Uh, a week of uh, heavily discounted merchandise. Yes, binge consumerism, and. <laughs> The usual thing is Black Friday, of course, happens on Friday, but oddly enough, this year it happened on Thursday. What do you Did mean? Did you notice that at all? No. All of I, these I Black mean, Friday ads that no, I saw... No different than any other year. No, this is this is totally a new thing. All the ads I saw were saying, hey, Black Friday starts today instead of Friday, so line up and grab your stuff now. Target and all these stores, mad dash to the stores today instead of Friday. Well, they usually start 
at midnight tonight is, is the traditional thing. I know a lot of stores have kind of started to veer away from that a little bit because of the bad reputation that has has and rightfully so the bad reputation it has yeah um, several deaths that have occurred but i went to walmart this morning just for groceries and they were putting up the little gates to you know corral people and they had everything out but it was wrapped up saying uh sale doesn't start until whatever it starts i think it actually started at 6 p.m tonight not midnight so yeah now have you been following the stuff we've partnered up with the guys over at lair chat I saw this. Did you? We have the Black Friday GitHub. Yeah, the awesome uh, Black Friday sale stuff. Uh, Sean pinged me on um, Slack and he said, "Hey, you know, I saw this tweet go out. What do you think? We, you know, it'd be nice if we could do something." And, and somebody had mentioned uh, one of these awesome GitHub repos where it's just a list of things. View has one. Uh, View awesomeness. So he he was Sean Mays was like, uh, "What do you think? Should we?" Do something. I'm like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's throw something up on GitHub, and I think we've gotten like uh, 20 or something pull requests, and it's only been like 24 hours since we started it. So it's been fun. Uh, I mean, kudos to Sean for taking the initiative of, of doing it. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool stuff, and I mean, it's geared for us geeks. You know, it's not just like, hey, Walmart has peanut butter on sale or anything like that. It's really geared for the things like Laracast. I mean, Laracast has their once a year heavily discounted membership, which if you're listening to this show, it's too late. <laughs> I think he ends the sale Friday, uh, Friday at midnight Eastern Standard Time or something like that. So, yeah, by the time this show goes out, a lot of these deals would have passed already. But yeah, fun stuff. I'll bet you we can we can work out an extension deal or something with them. Him with who? Laracus? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we can give an extra discount for our uh, our avid listeners. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Is, so is it a short week for you? Are you done working for the week, or do you uh, do you work tomorrow? Uh yeah, short week for me. It actually ended as a, a half day yesterday. Just got got the uh, text message that said, "Hey, everyone else is leaving the office. You might as well take the day off too." Nice, very nice. Which, it it left me sort of twiddling my thumbs because I had I had allocated very little time to my family uh, for the purpose of my sanity, and then was told to go spend time with my family. So I had to quickly come up with uh, things that needed emergency work done on them. <laughs> It's been it's been good. It's been nice and relaxing. Been catching some uh, some videos. I found a great resource that I actually found this a long time ago and I saw it pop back up on Reddit again. But it's uh, another GitHub project, which is a list of online computer science lectures and courses, um, stuff that's just hosted through YouTube, and it covers a lot of the comp sci curriculum, even as far as into theoretical languages and theoretical programming. So it it gets pretty deep. Didn't MIT or somebody do something similar where they released all their computer science classes as open source to the public? Yeah, with with MIT's thing, you can sign up and actually get a grade from a teacher. You you can actually attend virtually attend their comp sci courses to an extent, which I had I had signed up to do once, but the pace of it is a scholastic pace. Uh I just couldn't keep up with it. I I got a job, man. Yeah. 
I see they got some talks here from the University of Washington, Brown University, uh, Caltech, University of Utah, Purdue. Uh, very uh, lots of uh, lots of good lectures here. Yeah, there's a lot of good information here, and uh, it's mostly into pretty manageable chunks. Manageable chunks. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, something I, I'm. I still spend way too much time on Lyricast to be honest with you to look at any other videos. Oh, did I tell you? I think I did share with you. We'll share with our our audience as well. I guess I got. So you and I, I, I mentioned last week, I was working on getting the Larachat live converted over to audio only and up on iTunes. Right. Yeah, I got that done. So that's out there. I And in, in the process of doing so, I came across another website that I think I might move PHP Ugly to when our year runs out on SoundCloud, just because it's kind of an all-in-one all site where it's what I did for, for Larachat. If you go to podcast.layerchat.io, I think is what it is. Uh, you can see it's a, it's a Simplecast uh, service, and they host your podcast for you. They let you do a pseudo web page and give all the information on your podcast. It's, it's very nice. I saw it because those guys from North Meets South use it, and I was like, hey, this this looks pretty cool. I, I should look at this for PHP Ugly, but we had already started using SoundCloud, and I'd paid for it for like a year so. I wasn't worried about switching anytime soon, but when Sean reached out to me, I'm like, oh yeah, I know this other service. Let me check it out. And so that's where I hosted them at. Yeah, and that's uh, podcast.lairchat.co, not io. Co, yeah. co. Okay, good call. Yeah, we'll, and we'll get that posted in the show notes as well. So all the past shows are up there, and then any future shows will get up there as well. We haven't actually done the show in a couple of weeks, but I think they're talking about doing another one. I have a good question for you, Eric. Sure, go ahead, Thomas. Would you consider yourself, I don't know, 60% traditional, 80-ish percent achievement-oriented, 15% stimulation-oriented? Oh, baby. Where are you going with this? <laughs> I'm not sure how to make that assessment, to be quite honest with you. It's actually quite simple. There's an API for it. There's an API to show how stimulated I am? Yeah, so I stumbled across this, and uh, in my industry, knowing people's interests is very uh, important. And it turns out that IBM has created a ton of API interfaces for its Watson system. Yeah, I saw you post this. Now, I saw this come through my feed on Laravel News, and I didn't really read it a whole lot. Is this tied directly into PHP? I, I knew Watson was a thing. I knew they were creating a bunch of APIs for it, um, but it, does this all tie together with, with PHP, or is what's up with that? Well, they've released a Laravel-specific API package. So you, For Watson? Yeah. Get out of here. Absolutely not. Laravel-specific. You stop it. They've got demo apps and everything. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if this was released it, by IBM, but it didn't take long if it wasn't. Did uh, does it cost anything to use Watson? Uh, you can send a a large number of queries to it before you start hitting their paywall. Uh, something in the range of a hundred thousand queries. So well, that is interesting. So the the implication here is, if you have information on all your customers, you feed it into this Watson system, and it tells you what sales approach would probably be most effective with this person. So is this person trying to help others 
or is this person trying to achieve something for themselves? It's cool, but I could easily see myself tying this to my Facebook account and then getting analytical breakdowns of everyone I'm friends with because that's the kind of information you need is you need uh, documents produced by this person uh, so their their example documents would be uh, speeches given by the president or thoughts on meditation by the Dalai Lama that kind of thing and it breaks down those examples into what the example is about on a fundamental scale is it about tradition or values or whatever you have. I wonder if this ties into a site. Again, my buddy over at Lara Chat Live, Matt Lant, he turned me onto a site called uh, Receptivity or something like that, where you put in a chunk of correspondence you have with somebody, either an email correspondence or even instant messaging. And it tells you like about that person and their intent and like the the underlying message of that uh, of that piece. And I mean, it's pretty detailed. You know, when you when you put the chunk in there, it asks you: Is this a, a formal email? Is this casual conversation? You know, it, it asks for some context around what the scope is of the conversation, and then it, it tells you: it Says, yeah, yeah, this person is aggressive they need to be in charge they, they're looking for validation on what they're saying i'm like oh that's just weird yeah and you know, this is just one of the apis that that is provided for watson and for those that don't know what watson is watson is an ai uh system developed by ibm which actually won jeopardy, jeopardy several times it? yeah and they also beat like the world chess master yeah who said that he would never lose to a computer yeah so there's this service, there's other services such as Tone Analyzer, which lets you figure out is a person being sarcastic over text or are they being genuine, uh, stuff like that. And it's pretty fascinating, but it's also somewhat scary in the sense that now, you know, people who don't have the best intentions can call an API to tailor things specifically to you. Uh, if you think about the people who are trying to make spam more effective uh, by customizing every spam email to the client that they're trying to reel in in some way, we already have issues with with things like phishing attacks. Well, you know, you know what a phishing attack is, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what a spear phishing attack is. Yeah. Yeah. So now you. That's when you're targeting somebody. Right. So now you can basically have an API to call to create a spear phishing attack out of a regular phishing attack. You can say, this person, I know about them from something they posted on Facebook. I'm going to take that data and target them automatically. Why, why are you trying to twist this into doom and gloom? You have doom and gloom on here. Don't try to twist every conversation into doom and it's gloom. It's all I have. It's it's turkey day, <laughs> man. Turkey. Be a happy turkey. Think of all those, Don't be a sad all turkey. Think of turkey. <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, for me it, yeah. it's interesting to have API calls available to supercomputers at this level to basically anyone with an email address. I'm I'm really fascinated to see what comes of this kind of availability of supercomputer software. You shared some interesting communique stuff recently. Did I? Yeah, with the What did I share? The 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 user CHX on the Drupal group. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that me? Yeah, you pointed this out to me. We were we were talking about how Microsoft is now trying to get Linus Torvalds removed from the Linux project. <laughs> yeah, you put this card up here, though, right? The, I did. The Drupal, yeah. 
I found it interesting because it's it's the story of a very involved community member of Drupal basically catching catching the hook from everyone else or at least the other admins in the community. In I can't tell how serious his offenses are, but I know that his punishment is pretty severe. I mean, banned from a conference, which is that's got to be a small elite group of people who've been banned from programming conferences. Well, and the the ban is is more of a hey, any official Drupal conference, we're going to recommend that you you not allowed to be a speaker there. I mean, I don't think he's like banned. Like, don't show up. Don't don't show your face. This this harp back a lot to the all the craziness that went on with the uh, uh, PHP. Um, oh, help me out here. I'll give you a hint. Not he's our league. guest in January. Fig group. The he's our guest in January. He's not our guest in January. It, it was around Paul Jones. I thought it was around uh... the f- Adam Wathen. Yeah. No. No, the the thing that happened in Fig uh, was from Oh, right, Paul no, I'm Jones. thinking of something else. I'm thinking of how wonderful yeah, Adam yeah. Wyden is. It's easy to get those two yeah. things confused. But the thing that was weird about this article, and it actually spurred a little back and forth with Cal Evans on Twitter, um, was the way that he, at the end of the end of the article the guy kind of randomly calls out i can't wait for you know linus to get kicked out of uh the kernel <laughs> right and it's like where is that coming i actually reread the article i'm like is he involved in this somehow where did that come where did that statement come from and um and cal evans had mentioned something about it on twitter as well and then I guess a Drupal responded with, hey, that's not an official Drupal blog. That's a personal blog. That's not a statement or a comment from us. So, you know, they were very quick to kind of swoop it. I mean, everything that happened was this person capturing what happened in the Drupal community. But that one statement about Linus Torvalds and the Linux Foundation was not associated to it. And it just wasn't, even in, in this article, wasn't. So it was kind of a, a bizarre statement, but it's like, yeah, the, you know, the, the vultures are kind of circling Linus and they, they, he is one of the more abrasive people in open source. Uh, and he's pretty upfront yeah, but about I, it. I, 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 I think, I, to, I, like I said, when we were talking about it earlier, I think it's mandatory for his position. I mean, if you, if you were. No, for a person in his position to be hard nosed and focused is one thing, but he's cruel. Cruel. I mean, he gets very cruel on his mailing list. I mean, yeah. he's a Oh, yeah, absolutely. But Im- imagine if you had gone up to Bill Gates and you were the hundredth person to say, hey, I wrote a patch to fix your stupid program, and your patch completely broke everything and was total garbage, which is the thing that Linus Torvalds, he is the Bill Gates of the open source. Linux community. He is the big head that everyone comes crying to. And he, he the I've seen the crap he has to deal with. You know, I there's a lot of times where the, the end of the email chain is what gets quoted and posted on Slashdot, if that still exists. The whole rest of the email chain is him trying very hard to explain, listen, I understand you just graduated college, but you do not understand the Linux kernel well enough to be doing this. Please stop pushing pull requests to me. I don't want them. Yeah, the only thing that gets posted is the 110th email of him saying, listen, fuck off, you're an idiot. Right. It's like, yeah, that's the one that gets posted. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's interesting to me about this this issue with uh, Carly Nagieski, who has been outed from the Drupal community, is that there's a lot of evidence being posted as to why he was kicked out, but it seems like he's just a tired, 
person at the end of the day dealing with this thing for the last time. He he's not going Linus Torvald on people. He's not being brutal or cruel, you know. And one of the accusations here is is uh, comments leveled against Mark Sonnebaum with unfounded accusation or assertions of special treatment and. I think this is fuel to the fire for a lot of the community that is afraid of of these terms of behavior for open source projects. When you look at something that seems innocuous and it got a person banned from attending events, that seems like it could affect you. I think inherently in in any developer who has sort of overcome the uh, imposter syndrome, you worry that now you're an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I, I get that. Well, and, and again, you hit on it as well. It's with so many of these open source projects, these aren't full time jobs for people. You know, these are people who work all day long and they're trying to get, get these little projects moving. Not little projects, Drupal's by no means a little project. It's a mammoth. And I, and I don't know if this guy was getting paid to do the work he did for Drupal. I don't think he was. No, no, he's just a consultant that he he primarily works in Drupal, but he's a community member at large. You know, he's not taking cash. Right. It's funny because this ties into an, another really good blog post I read. I already mentioned the guy's name here once. Cal Evans wrote a blog post for SitePoint, which I think that that's the first time I've noticed uh, Cal Evans writing it for SitePoint. He, he may have done it in the past, but he wrote an article for SitePoint and he's talking about the, the the title of the article is pay the price for open source and we've talked about it in the past you know i'm a big open source guy i know you're an open source person talked about how you know free is never really free uh you know there's always a cost associated and you know a lot a lot, lot of we can do a whole show on that but the cool thing about, about uh, Cal's article is he really focuses a lot about contributing back to projects and how important it is if if all you're doing is you know basically consuming open source projects and not contributing back, it's you know that project's going to die. So it's yeah you know, I don't know. I thought it was a good read. It's a pretty short read. Uh, we'll we'll have the link posted in the in the show notes as well. But yeah, you know, we've talked about the financial cost of open source, but he he really kind of focuses on the there's a duty to contribute back. I mean, you really, you really should think of that as a cost when, when using an open source project. But I thought it was a good read. Yeah. And, and Cal Evans is not somebody to take lightly either. He is one of the top names in the PHP community, very involved with uh, nomad PHP and has, has brought a lot to open source as an author, not just as a, a lurker like little old me. My my greatest open source contribution is using a pirated version of Windows. That's your greatest open source contribution? I'm afraid so. I'm sure your buddy Bill Gates would be happy to hear that. We're not buddy-buddy, just buddy. <laughs> remember Snipeyhead? I do remember Snipeyhead. I love Snipeyhead. You, you still a fan? I am. After You know, because sometimes people meet their idols in, in real life and it loses its shine. So I wasn't sure if that had happened to you. I, I'm afraid I put my foot in my mouth once, but that was all. And she never came back, but that's off. That's haven't heard from her. Yeah. She hasn't tweeted to us. She stopped listening to the show. She never listened you know? to the show. No, this is true. <laughs> she has a good article out there, demystifying custom auth and Laravel. I don't know if you've ever. I mean, you've probably have. Have you ever divin really 
dove into the Laravel core for auth? I have I have on occasion. I do use a pretty uh, obscure roundabout system of auth in my current software. That's, that's all I'll say about that, and I'll tell you why later. Okay. Well, she wrote a pretty good article that, that takes a pretty deep dive into Laravel auth and how to customize it and things like that. It's it's a great read. Again, we'll put the link in the show notes, but if you're a Laravel developer and you're working with authentication, uh, take 10 minutes to read this article from her. Yeah, and I, I love these kinds of articles that take the deep dive because you start getting into core components and it can really turn into a foreign language fast. Uh, some of the stuff, it's just it's making the shortest calls possible as fast as possible and it's not given a lot of explanation and when you break down methods that don't have a great documentation behind them it's really helpful for users like me people who can barely read (laughs) now you're you're solely a developer right you don't do any administrative stuff do you i like to consider myself a, a developer and thought leader in the sense that i i have had i've had on many occasions a person come to me and say, we want this feature, and me spend an hour saying, okay, you don't, though. And I'll, I'll walk you through every step of why you don't. Because I have I have done this a lot. I've, I've done the same CRM hundreds of times at this point. And I get some of the same questions where someone says, oh, I, I want the CRM to be able to do this. And I have to say, listen, I've done it, first off, and you don't. You really don't. It's terrible. But yes, I am purely a developer. So for the sake of not stepping on your uh, your story, <laughs> I was just saying, I'm sitting here trying to think how I'm going to get back to my topic. Why, here. yes, you like I don't deal I don't deal with the server side or deployment side at all. Why do you ask? <laughs> I mean. I really, I think you might have a little built-up hostility there. It's you Thanksgiving, might, man. You might want to talk to somebody. I got, I got hostility everywhere right now. <laughs> that was a landmine I stepped on there. Holy crap, man! <laughs> I don't know what to say now. Hey, Thomas, you just strictly do development, right? You don't do any administrative. Oh stuff? yeah, no, I just do development. I, I barely even that. Do you even know how your how your sites are deployed? I do. Pure magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know who. We, uh, I don't know how. You don't know. <laughs> so we obviously do both with our company, and most of our developers have a lot of exposure to it. And getting a good workflow down to, to have deployments be consistent is such an important factor. Um, now, we've had some pretty good luck with Ansible, and as kind of the what we have what we use now is ansible really because we've kind of got our recipes dialed in it just works really well but this article came across my my feeds this week about this uh, new deployment system for laravel applications and it's a it's kind of like a uh, it's a standalone install like composer it's called deployer and it's really pretty nice i mean just reading through it it does a lot of things we do where you know, it it creates multiple releases um, so that you can roll back and uh, 
things like your storage directory and your .env file. It abstracts out of your deployment and puts it into a shared location. It does some really nifty things. If if you're getting started with a Laravel project and you're looking for a good deployment system and you don't have something really fancy like Jenkins or any of these continuous integration systems set up, take a look at a deployer for Laravel. Um, Pretty nifty look, looking little script here. I think I'm gonna, I might try this in our next project before we set up Ansible just to see if it, uh, if it has any additional benefits to it that we're not taking advantage of with Ansible. Yeah, I like it. I, I like the way it looks. Uh, nice slick interface. It's pretty, pretty great. <laughs> You're never gonna deploy an app, so you don't no, care. Not anymore. Not since I got into a big <laughs> environment where someone does it for me. I used to do Chef and Puppet stuff and, I, I used to have all that deployment stuff as part of my job, but man, I'll tell you what, it's pretty nice to have somebody go, oh, my problem, my fault again. H- having, yeah. having somebody else say my fault, man, it's like a vacation every time I hear it. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about pa- Paul Jones earlier. Oh, we did. I'm sorry. We did. We did talk about Paul Jones earlier. He has a pretty good article out there. Something in PHP 7, there's a new request extension you can enable. And when I read this, from being a Laravel developer, I realized how heavily I rely on Laravel now to manage things like that for me. This request extension that uh, Paul talks about in his article essentially does a lot of things that the request functions do in a Laravel framework. And I guess a lot of frameworks have similar functionality, but you know, this is for... If you're writing core PHP stuff, you know, you still have, you, you can have that same functionality available to you. Good article, good read. Again, we'll add it to the show notes. One thing that stood out to me, I hadn't realized this, and again, we're talking a lot about Paul Jones here. He's not on Twitter anymore. He posted his last tweet on, uh, sometime back in October. I mean, it was like early October, like October 1st or 2nd. And he even said, Hey, I'm taking a hiatus from Twitter. He linked to a couple of other social networks that he's on if you wanted to continue to follow him. That was good. But yeah, he's not on uh, he's not on Twitter anymore. And it's interesting because you know I'm I'm looking through the comment section here and uh, someone said, well, how about adding how about adding these different file types? Did you think about implementing the OO way and then passing everything in as methods? And uh, he says. Uh, good question. I'll write a follow-up post about that, which is just, what a jerk. That's a jerk? Why is <laughs> no, that a jerk? I love, I love this guy. I love Paul M. Jones. I know he's controversial in the community, but... Oh, I, I think he's a, he's extremely arrogant, but man, is that guy smart yeah. as hell. I tell you what, he is a, he is really one of the more brilliant people in, in our community. Yeah, no, I, I, I've met plenty of people in my life who... I, I meet him and I think, God, that guy's that guy's just an arrogant genius. <laughs> da- damn him for totally, da- damn yeah. him for totally being right. He's, you're not supposed <laughs> to do that. You're supposed to be casually intelligent. You know, I'll, I'll be I'll be reading over this. This is this is good stuff. It's dense though. It's a good read. Yeah, I I, uh, I should have. I wish I'd stumbled across it sooner in the week. I would have kicked it your way. I know you you kind of really absorbed this stuff. Uh, so I think well, you like can't that. Help read. it. I'm just smart. You're, you're, just, yeah, you're yeah. a smart guy. Some would even say the smartest. <laughs> I have the best ideas. <laughs> what is know. with you today? I don't know. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. So, Laravel, Laravel 5.4 has been driving me a little nuts. 
Why is this? Because there's there are new blade features in Laravel 4 that I I get upset that someone worked on. I sort of see it. I see it and I go, I, why are you spending time on this? You already have the same functionality in in a different way. Why are you just? It's it seems like fluffing rather than developing. But then something like this comes along, and it's the exact opposite. I just say, oh wow, that's perfect. I've been this has been bugging me, and now it's being done the right way. It, it's a mixed bag for me, but I do I do love this new system that's been put in place. The uh, I'm sorry, is it yours? Yeah. I- no, no, it's sure. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking the people listening to the show are like, are like, JSON, talking about JSON-based language files. <laughs> right. So a new feature coming out in Laravel 5.4 will be JSON-based language files, and Laravel's always had multilingual support. Yeah. Right. It's just it hasn't been great. It hasn't been fun to work with, and yeah, sort of interestingly enough. This is a major change in 5.4. So if you if you did use Laravel to do your language-based stuff in the past, this is a whole whole new thing. Have you ever had to do that? Have a have a uh, site multilingual? No. Long time ago, I had to have a Chinese site multilingual because there's multiple Chinese alphabets. But fortunately, I didn't work on any of the coding behind that. I did see it. I saw the pain in all the other developers' eyes, but I didn't have to deal with it myself. Yeah, I mean that—that's always my question with the, even with this new JSON file, is do you have to go through and translate the entire page? Is that there's a lot of automated tools. Would you like to hear one of my best stories ever? Yes, something to save the show. Because I'll tell you, this is one of my best stories ever. Probably my best story ever. Okay. We had we had a right. multilingual website developed by a Russian team that I was brought in to, let's say, fix. Because it was bad. Okay. And after a few months, things got worked out. All the uh, back doors were closed up, uh, of which there were more than one. And and things were running relatively cleanly, so I started going through the multilingual section to make sure nothing was wrong. And it had a list of all of the languages that supported that that the system supported. It was basic CMS, uh, so you you could choose English, Spanish, Russian, German. But the one that stuck out was the language Jew. 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 Jew is a language. Apparently, the Russians are not a uh, big fans of Hebrew, and they just call it Jew. <laughs> Jew. Jew. <laughs> so, That makes an interesting trouble ticket to write when you have to tell your boss that you're renaming the hard-coded language Jew to Hebrew. (laughs) Yeah. To Hebrew. And you could could sort of sense in the code the hard J. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't a soft, oh yeah, Jews. The Jewish language. Yeah, clearly clearly someone with animosity was writing the language file. (laughs) I went... Yeah, English, Spanish, Jew. It's what it is. <laughs> Send it out. <laughs> so, to answer your question, yes, I've dealt with language files before. And Laravel's implementation wasn't the best, but boy, did it get an overhaul. Basically, the, the big thing here is you name your variables what they would be in the default language. Have you seen? So, if, if, the, ver- if, the, if the default text is, please enter your information in here, then you have an array whose key is 
please enter your information in here, and the values of that are all of the other language options. Right, right. Yeah, I did see that in, in the article. Yeah, and, and that's what got me asking the question. It's like, do you have to do that through the entire page? And I mean, that just seems like a lot of work. I'll tell you what, Watson has a service for it. I bet. I bet Watson. I think Google does too. It's called Google Translate. In my experience doing this in the past, that's really what you do, is you just take your, your text strings, feed them into a processor and dump the output into multiple languages and then you hire someone to just proofread it proofread it interesting all right you got a doom and gloom ticket on here I'm gonna give it to you. lay it on us lay it on us doom and gloom time so there's a did you listen to the there's last a show? security group you know, did you listen I loved to the it. last show it was great i was the best part of it you're so full of shit you didn't no. listen to the last show i started it i didn't get all the way through it i, I put special doom and gloom music on, on it. i'm not doing i asked it you week. if you did you just started yelling at me what Man, of course i'm gonna yell at you yes stupid it's questions one of your hobbies. listen to the damn show i put a lot of work into this damn right, thing I'll pause the podcast right now i'll listen to go ahead no, listen to your do, do your doom and gloom. You don't so need to listen to the show though, because I'm going to do something special fence, for it this time. Which is a new thing to me. This is a WordPress specific Word security group. the The need for that I can is see that, the need for that upwards of twenty percent of the internet is running on WordPress. I do. Do you really buy that? Do you really think it's that high? There was an article on NPR to, uh, yesterday wow. about fake news. Yeah. Actually says twenty twenty seven percent. I'm being soft on it. Says. I would easily say twenty seven percent of websites. Now let's say websites, not content or visits. You know, I've I've got two WordPress blogs of my own that have one visitor. Thanks, thanks, mom. But I, I totally believe this. Now the issue is with one service running that much of the internet. If you can compromise their auto update system then you could compromise 27% of servers on the internet all at once. Holy crap. That is absolutely terrifying. We had this conversation last podcast, actually, where a developer does something because they think it's in the best interest. Like, they think they're being helpful. And and the the example I gave was when um, Facebook did this thing where they stored multiple versions of your password depending on if you had your cap locks on or off, right? And you look back and you say, hey, maybe that wasn't such a great idea. When WordPress auto-update came out, that was a direct response to all these old WordPress sites that were getting compromised because the administrators weren't going in there to update them. So WordPress said, hey, let's create an auto-update feature so that they don't have to worry about it anymore. The site will just stay up to date all by itself, all magic-like. Now you're it now you're going to tell me that was actually a bad idea. I've already you. moved. You just haven't noticed. When are you moving? Just like the meetup in January that you're going to be at that you forgot that you're going to be out of the country. God. Okay. Oh, nice. You know, I, I think we're going to make that Colorado. meetup, by the way. I, I, uh, I was talking to the wife about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm really disappointed because we're interviewing this guy and I really would love to have a conversation with him. He's, he's one of the smart guys in the community and this and that. And she's like, well... We should be back in San Diego by like 10 o'clock in the morning, so we should, should be able to make it. I'm like, hey, that's cool. So I think I might be able to make it. We're getting off t- topic. Talk I, about I can tell your exploit you here, because I think this is from, very From uh, some inside information, the auto-update team at Microsoft, we're talking private networks with retina scanners and fingerprint scanners and, I mean, just the 
top end of security. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, we're, so we're talking about the auto-update feature of WordPress, but every OS out there has auto-update. There's a lot of applications out there that give well, you the option to auto-update. one of the most important things is to now. audit these so kinds this... of things. Uh, and so an, an audit by this group, WordFence, basically came up and said, well, hey, if you're a member of the GitHub core team with WordPress, then you can push a pull request into production and it gets picked up by webhooks that check Git regularly for new versions. This webhook is secure. It uses 120 or 160-bit encryption. It uses private keys that are not publicly disclosed. But the webhook, like anything else, WordPress, is open source. And so having dug through this webhook, the WordFence team found that it's actually capable of accepting multiple different encryption protocols. So if you want to get the private key that's being used by WordPress on the GitHub side, then all you have to do is dump the encryption level down to a really stupid bad encryption level and then break the encryption. So this is a sort of a handshake hack. And what they did is they convinced GitHub to send a an Adler32 encryption key, which is actually a known vulnerable encryption uh, methodology. And once they had the encrypted data, they sat on it for a couple days, decrypted it, and got the private key for the WordPress Git repo. And once they had that, then they had everything they needed to do to spoof updates to WordPress, which one of the first things WordPress does when it gets an update is run a sysexec on the data that it gets. So it, it isn't even a matter of developing a payload. At that point, you can just say, open up the firewall to the world in Bash. It'll, it'll take anything you tell it to do and run it as a Bash script. Wow. And, and I mean, th this they isn't have a proof only of concept. theoretical. They, they, they have a proof it. of concept. And in fact, sent it to Automatic, which is the, the group that owns WordPress. Uh, they sent this report to Automatic. Within four days, Automatic responded. The day after their acknowledgement of it, they pushed a fix for the vulnerability. And then uh, a couple weeks later, they marked it as resolved and closed and awarded a bug bounty to the WordFence team for finding and resolving this issue yeah and Very you know nice. this is the Very kind nice. of they were treated thing that the open source community needs because when when a massive massive problem occurs then yeah it should be rewarded not punished you, you don't don't shoot the whistleblower i the only thing i wish i'd see more of is uh, an attempt to find compromised systems as part of their patch as part of their fix because this vulnerability I'll go so far as to say this isn't even a tough one. This is probably something that's been known for a long time amongst the more elite and government hacking teams. Uh, so yeah, it's not going to happen to you again, but did it happen to you already? <laughs> All right, <laughs> so, Mr. You hate right that we out. always ended on the doom well, and gloom. Do you want to push the doom and gloom forward? List of Bring your night up a little bit before we disconnect? I, I do. No, I don't. I don't want the doom and gloom on here at all, but unfortunately, this was see this, this doom and gloom. I'm okay with it. Was WordPress? It was PHP. It was doom and gloom. Sure, 
I'm okay with it. Some doom and gloom. I'm like, why are we talking about this? Now, I mean, we there, talked we know last week bad crap about there, WordPress developers, people who are not PHP developers. They consider themselves WordPress developers. The day after that conversation, I I met my cousin's girlfriend. And she thought I was amazing because I was a PHP developer, but she was just a lowly WordPress developer. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. Now, does she actually work on code, or does I, she just I don't work know on that there's much of a difference anymore. Work through the I know WordPress that, interface. I mean, when we looked at October CMS, we had commented on how fractured yeah. the whole thing was from the Laravel core. And I, I could easily imagine if someone only had one job huh. and it was working remember, with WordPress yeah. and they got their next job and it was WordPress that you could become pigeonholed into even backend development on WordPress without thinking yourself confident of PHP. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and like I said, I had a, I had a good friend who did a lot of WordPress work and still does do WordPress work, explained kind of the whole concept of of why there are wordpress quote-unquote wordpress developers out there and it's almost like um I mean, really it's almost like they treat it like a framework right and they only know how to do things in wordpress like they don't understand the php way of getting something done they know how to make certain calls in wordpress yeah and, using and WordPress, wordpress functions so and that's it core to the php community that we actually in our list of I don't know twenty rules, we have we have no slamming other people's code, no religion and politics, no bad mouthing WordPress. <laughs> like it's it's what it's no bad mouthing specific do, do projects. Actually, do we actually call it WordPress? WordPress. <laughs> so, I mean, as as much as we have issues with it. It it is part of our ecosystem. We have to concern ourselves with it. Most often, we concern ourselves with moving away from it, but it is definitely something that we have to deal with. And uh, yeah, I guess nearly thirty percent of the internet—that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying, dude. I'm looking through our Trello board. We've we've, we've we've been in the shit. We've gone through a lot of shows, man. Also, if you scroll our Trello board, it makes a wavy Holy line. Crap, it's a lot of shows. <laughs> It does. Like, lots of stories, lots of stories, not so many stories, a few stories, a couple stories, lots of stories. <laughs> it really does. We need, to, we need to throw all this yeah. to Watson. Have him 90, analyze 90% have ugly. good shows out there. 90% ugly. All right, man. Well, I'm glad you had a good turkey day. I'm looking forward to my turkey day tomorrow, although I do have to work tomorrow. One of the uh, all the glitz and glamour of being a consultant when it comes to holidays, that, that kind of goes out the door because you either work or you don't get paid. And a lot of the contracts we have just assume you're working. So so we the work. Same, the same could be said of salary, pay people I mean, work, if my boss calls me tomorrow, I'm good. working. There's no way out of that. Yeah, but you're – yeah, that's true. I, I know my wife, when she works on holidays, she gets holiday pay. Like, she'll get double time or time and a half or – or, uh, you know, they, they compensate her differently I get, than uh, they do normal I get leeway rates. compensation. I don't know if she's getting that time. Yeah, where, like, if I clock in at 11 o'clock or 12 leeway. o'clock, then my boss goes, well, he was here all weekend. <laughs> at least I I assume that's how it oh works. Oh, my gosh. I haven't <laughs> actually I haven't pointed out that I'm late. No. And you don't and I do, I do have in. my uh, availability status <laughs> permanently set to available, so... <laughs> 
there's no no indication of whether or not I'm actually at my computer. So you're you're really you're banking on the fact that your boss and pretty much everybody you work with do not listen to the podcast. Yeah, no, I've I've, I've actually gone as far as to verify that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thomas. Well, I'm going to let you go. I got things to do. Yeah, I've got some beers with my name on them. It's late. I got to get to sleep. All right. This is going to be it for episode 38 of the PHP Ugly Podcast. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Keep it ugly. He's a password manager. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.